Hello, and welcome to Bruin 101, a daily Bruin podcast that is made by Bruins for Bruins. In this series, we will help students and prospective students learn about and adapt to UCLA by providing insight into the school, sharing helpful tips, and discussing concerns. This episode is the second part of a three-episode mini-series, where I will be hosting two students as they share their experiences, perspectives, and advice on being Latinx students at UCLA. What I was going to say next was, I think I'm fortunate in the way that my family, at least my parents, aren't that typical, oh, you need to support the family. Yeah, yeah. You need to do that. I'm lucky in that sense, but also there is a level of that, right? It's It's like unspoken. It's unspoken. My mom went to college. She went to Cal State Dominguez Hills, sociology major. Hi, bro. (laughs) Good for her. Good for her. Good for her, right? Yeah. And she... She got it right, but it was to support her family. Yeah, it was to support her mom. It was to support her, all her siblings, and yeah. she still does that to this day. And yeah, her biggest thing to me is, you need to get a job that makes you money, but it yeah. also needs to make you happy. Yeah, right. Which is like, which is like what everyone says. But yeah. a lot of the days she says, as long as you're working a job that makes you happy and you're you're able to keep a life, that's all that matters. But at some conscious level, it's still you need to support. So yeah. You need to find a job that pays well. Yeah. Straight off the bat. I say my mom is a bit more progressive, less liberal, yeah. than most traditional Latino parents who are like stereotypically conservative and like it's all para la familia. It's all yeah, yeah, yeah. right there. So it's more of like, I'm lucky in that sense, but at some super sub-level, it's ingrained in our blood. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's ingrained it's, in our blood somehow, some way, that we always have to find a way to provide. Yeah. Whether it's for ourselves or our family. Yeah. And it's this constant badgering of of pressure. Yeah. A lot of the times we, at least for me, I take a lot of pressure every day of my life. Every yeah, day yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. here, every day that I step onto campus. Yeah. Every day that I'm on assignment every time that I do something that's not outside of my dorm there is some pressure for me to exceed beyond what is normally expected yeah 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 and it's just I mean that's the reality of a lot of people of color but yeah like a lot of black and brown people and like you know places from where a lot of black and brown people are from UCLA said that they wanted to be an HSI an HSI is a Hispanic serving institution yeah however all that Cap. means, <laughs> however, all that means is that 25% of its enrolled students must identify as Latinx students. Mm. That is the only or stipulation. Hispanic. Is it or Hispanic. 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 Yeah. Which is a whole thing. Yeah. It's but, a whole thing. Hold on. Wait. That's the only stipulation. All UCLA needs to do is say that 25% of their students are enrolled that, that identify his, as Hispanic or Latinx. There is no other limitation. There is no other stipulations. They don't need to create more programs. They don't need to create any more, any more access things for us, any safe spaces. All they need to say is that we have the numbers. Give us more money. At this point, UCLA is all about walking the talk. They are not actually going to be an HSI. Given what they offer Latino students now, they're literally not going to be an HSI. In actuality, it's only going to be by name. And that's the worst part. Yeah. 
Right. I mentioned that I was in the Research Rookies program last year. That was a program part of AAP. Um, and we designed a research project based on whatever our own interests were. I designed a research project that looked at Latino males at UCLA and their masculinity mm. and what UCLA could do with it. In my findings, or at least when I did my research design project, I realized that there weren't many faculty members that were Latino. There weren't many programs that were available for Latinx in general for mental health. There wasn't any of those things. It was literally just the same resources with a couple of things here and there. Yeah. You know what the worst part was? Mm. Most of the faculty, you know where they were housed in? Where? Guess what department they were housed in? Guess. Chicana. Chicana, Chicana. Exactly. <laughs> and it's even Sheesh. worse when you look at the sexism that exists. Yeah. That's an entirely different conversation. But my research focuses on introducing or adding more staff members that are Latina because yeah. that's what helps us at the end of the day. Having more women in institutions such as this place will actually benefit everyone and not having mas masculinity and machismo at the top. Yeah. Because all it does Ooh, is that... Speaking facts. It's Ooh, speaking toxic facts. masculinity at the very top. All it yeah. does is degrade every single person. Yeah. It doesn't help Latino males. It doesn't help Latinas. It, it, it literally only, like, degrades us. Yeah. And so it's a very interesting thing to think about, the fact that UCLA wants to be an HSI. They're going to be one at the rate that they're going... But based off of my own experience and what I've seen, UCLA is far from an HSI, from a real yeah, HSI. Yeah, and that's like, it's so interesting too because like, I mean, we could talk for so long about census data, bro. Oh. And the fact that... The fact that we can't even put Latino. Yeah, we, we have to put white and then there's another box for yeah, us. Yeah, so technically... Or just the other. Just the other. <laughs> just, or other, yeah, exactly. Which is literal otherization. But like, we ghettoed in the census, bro. No, okay, so basically... In the census data, in any sort of form that you're filling out that asks about your race, there are two questions. There's race, and then there's, do you identify as Hispanic or Latino, yes or no? Yeah. And it's essentially two different questions because Hispanic or, and uh, Hispanic slash Latino is not technically a race. Yeah. And there are a whole host of reasons for that. Mm -hmm. And like race itself is obviously like- An entirely- Yeah, it's constructed. That we're probably blah, blah, blah. not qualified to talk about. I mean, we're sociologists. We're, that's right. We're sociologists. We, 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 can, can, talk, talk we can talk about it. We can talk about it later. <laughs> no, we can talk about it later though, but like socially constructed, whatever, right? I mean, it's interesting. It's yeah. interesting. It, it's such a precarious like category, mm. right? And the experiences of any Hispanic person from any place, they're just going to be so different, right? Like mm -hmm. the experiences of an Argentinian is going to be completely different than the experiences of a Salvadorian. Absolutely. Right? And it's wild too. It's wild. It's just weird, dude. And like it's fulfilling that sort of a Hispanic institution thing mm -hmm. and like using just like the data, yeah. it, it's sort of ignoring the humanity yeah. of any of it, right? It's like the blunt reality that the ones who get here who are Latinx, they need more. No, right? absolutely. They need more. There's more generational trauma because of, like, the, the reality of being immigrants or the children of immigrants or the children of refugees from wars yeah. and stuff like that. And that weighs on a family for, like, so long. Yeah. Especially the person 
who now has the ability to see all that trauma, mm. then all that burden is kind of left on you yeah. to then overturn it. And that's yeah. not going to take another couple of generations to, like, fully exactly. flesh out and overcome. Exactly. And, like, any Latinx person who's here is essentially the turning point. Exactly. That's crazy pressure, right? And it, the reality of it is is that to be an actual Hispanic, Hispanic, yeah, Hispanic-serving institution... Mm-hmm. You need to do something like that. You need to yeah. support that. You need to realize that and acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Because the experiences of a Hispanic person are different than the experience of your average white student. Yeah. Just fundamentally. I mean, until they do something like that, they're not a Hispanic-serving institution. Yeah. And like, like, oh, okay. For me, I couldn't get into AAP because both of my parents went to college. Mm. And then, <laughs> so I think that's also... T- I'm like in the very middle, like... Yeah. Which is the thing, too. They, like, gatekeep resources. No, for, absolutely. Like, okay. For, you reminded me of my position in high school. For, a very, for like, a good chunk of the college process, I'm not going to lie, I loathe my mom. I loathe her because she went to college. Right? Looking back on it, it was a very stupid mindset. But there were so many resources that I wasn't able to get because they were being gatekept by whoever just because my mom went like, to college. Um, point they? Is like only for kids whose parent first generation mm-hmm. students. My parents don't remember like applying for college mm-hmm. or anything, and so that's why it's like, it's not it's not fair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like how are you gonna gatekeep all these resources when we're still struggling? Yeah. Like you never gave us a fair playing ground to begin with. Yeah, I saw it in a cynical way. To be honest, I always saw. I mean, we've been talking pretty cynically to begin with, but like <laughs> I saw it in a pretty cynical way. On always, I was like, oh, or institutions want like. The, the ones who have nothing so that they can say that they're like the institution is the reason that they that's have something the best way to think about that and it's like they want to say that we're the reason you have anything you know what i think it is white savior complex oh absolutely hey yo <laughs> hey yo man spinning facts no that's what it is i mean it's unfortunate right it's crazy. So I guess I think now I think we've kind of bashed on a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I guess now is like, I guess how do we fix these things? How does UCLA now go? How have we coped with it? I guess. Oh uh, yeah. I think See, that's the best. Better because, way. I mean, it's an interesting thing to say to like, okay, then what do you propose? Yeah. Right, and that's a question that's like, boy, I don't know. <laughs> 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 what? Like you asking me? <laughs> right. And, that's the thing though right it's like what does anybody do because i mean just the reality of any brown or black person who Mm -hmm. comes to institutions like these you face the institution you come here with the institution being the adversity that's preventing you from coming Mm -hmm. here right and so you are very aware of all the institutional uh, uh systems and forces at play yeah and it's like any conversation with any black or brown person here it's like always just like these these systems are against us yeah and so what do you do when you realize that when you're faced with it all and it's like looming over you yeah. and like you have those moments where you're like damn i gotta do something yeah and that's to me i mean obviously it, it sort of like it leads to some amount of like depression and like a bit despairing right it's yeah. like well there's nothing you can do and when you face it as a whole yeah there's nothing you can do like what are you gonna do like wake up tomorrow and Solve racism? <laughs> no, you can't do that. We stage a coup against. We stage a coup, bro. You and me. We kick Gene Block out. You and me. You and me. Gene Block. Gene Block. You and me. No, no, no. Gene Block, we love you. Don't worry. <laughs> nah, I mean, like, 
when you when you face it as like a whole, it, it's so daunting and and it's frank it's so oppressive. The you, the only real alternative is to not face it as a whole. Yeah. Right. Is to like take it step by step, day by day, sort of like conversation by conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that like all you really do is relish in the beauty, right? And like relish in like the community, relish in all that is great about the Latinx community here to help foster it, to help, yeah. to help it grow. Yeah. Right. And so it's like you meet people and like you make friends with Latinx people and you make friends and you talk about race you talk about like your experiences you like be unafraid to say that yeah it's different for me here mm-hmm. and like when you get those looks because you will get those looks oh, absolutely absolutely oh my god bro my last year spring quarter my 4w class cool. my teacher and my ta for 4w they were amazing who was it uh their name was sarah bischoff they're a ta in the english department obviously yeah, and no, they were they were actually amazing. Shout out to Sarah. Shout out to Sarah. <laughs> actually, shout out to okay. Sarah. I also but, have a TA. She she was um she was my TA all of last year. Yeah. For the entire ten series for English. Yeah. Which was crazy. Um, her name was Gabriella. Shout out Gabriella. Shout out Gabriella. Um, she was she was the very first staff member that I that was Central American. She was the very. All right, first I'm gonna look for. I'm gonna look for. Is she still here? No, she's now a professor. She's in a. I think she's now a professor at Cal State LA. She's moving up in the world. Ah, uh, that's good. Yeah. Good for her. Good for no, her. No, I'm just so, sad I couldn't have her. <laughs> no, she was great. She was also the very first person that I, that I saw that was researching Central American literature. That's crazy, because ain't nobody do that. Because no one does it. Yeah. Right. Like, it's crazy. Cause like, okay, I guess this kind of brings me to another point. Even with brown people, yeah, you yeah. kind of feel alone. Yeah. Like, that's a crazy thing to think about. Yeah. Like, even when you're surrounded by people who look exactly like you, because their experiences are so different from you, or because they're not from the same background, like, you just feel so isolated. And I think, I'm not going to lie, um, I almost quit the Daily Bruin. Genuinely almost quit the Daily Bruin a couple same, of times. Same, It was, it was last year. Um... Even even a bit this year, I'm not gonna lie. Um, it was weird because we have a. I think we have a diverse newsroom compared to most other colleges. Oh, hundred percent. However, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of Latinos here. Mm-mm. I just met you in the spring. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I just met you in the spring. Yeah, I was. was there's that... a couple of other people. It wasn't even it. like it wasn't even in the newsroom. Yeah, it though. wasn't even in the newsroom. No. It was just because we had a social, and that was it. Yeah. So. I never mentioned this to you, but yeah. meeting you was actually a big turning point for hey, the day. Let's go! Right? It was, I finally met someone that I connected to. Yeah. On a much deeper level than just skin color. Yeah. That was something that kept me here at the Bruin because I knew there was someone exactly like me who had a very similar background and not just because of skin color. It's yeah. because for the first time, I didn't feel alone. Yeah. Which was a very wholesome thing i guess yeah i got you bro <laughs> i got you but that's the thing right you can fe- you can be surrounded by black and brown people from all over the world and you'll still feel alone because that's the thing right is they sequester us into like groups but even within those groups there's such a diverse range exactly. of experiences right it's so so diverse and we can talk about like literally every single 
different like province within every single different country within Latin America oh, and like separated so between different. South America and Central America and like the, the the southern cone of South America and then like like Mexico but then southern Mexico and then northern Mexico yeah. and it's like all of their experiences are so different it's different skin colors different languages different cultures right mm-hmm. like different food but like in every single place that's not there yeah they're like oh that's Latin America yeah and it's just so, such a flat and, like, blanket term and statement yeah. that just, like, generalizes all our experiences. Yeah. But you know what does connect us? Mm. The food. Ooh, the, the food. food. <laughs> Segway. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I never finished talking about Sarah. Okay. <laughs> no, I got you, I got you, I got you. No, but Sarah was insane. And in my English classes, we were reading about, like, whatever the old TA English, says. Yeah. Whatever the TA says. You say old English. No, 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 I, uh... Justin, my my uh, my boss last year, he's enterprise director this year. Oh, Huey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Huey, Huey. His four W class uh, analyzed Harry Potter. I had Jane Eyre. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> no, I did um like old like Christian texts about like female mystics. It was actually really okay, interesting. That kind of it was actually interesting. interesting. But like, I wrote a letter to Jane Austen and everything at the end. It was my final. It was like not a real letter. She's dead. But like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm just, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> But one of the main talking points that we were supposed to talk about in that class was race. Yeah. Lo and behold, didn't really talk about it that much. And that's because nobody was answering the questions. <laughs> because everybody there... I mean, like, it, it makes sense to an extent. Yeah. If you don't have something to say, you might not speak up. Yeah. But it's like, Sarah would ask a question about, like, okay, how does race play into this scene? Like, how how does whiteness... Uh, play into this everyone's like well it's actually quite interesting um like like so like this scene sort of like tackles blah blah blah, blah and they don't even mention whiteness like in their answers and then it's like and then like six people go by and i'm like i just raise my hand and i'm like oh yeah the line just says the soul is white <laughs> like what do you it's pretty clear and to no me no one talked about nobody that. mentioned how it. do you not mention and it's that. like and it's like it's so clear it's literally like oh the the pure the pure paleness of the oh child or something oh like that. Oh my god. And Sarah brings it up. Like, we go over that line specifically to talk about yeah. whiteness and how whiteness plays a role in, like, these, like, yeah. mystical experiences in, like, the lines. And it's such a stark contrast because I'm taking an um, early African-American literature class right now. Oh, it's so amazing. The class is so sick, bro. Yeah. And it's, like, the first thing was, like, all right, let's talk about the transatlantic slave trade. And it's, like, sick. <laughs> We're going to talk about race, and we're going to talk about, like, how race plays into literature yeah. and, like, how race plays a role in, in English, the English language in general, right? Yeah. And it's, like, it's the same concept, right? It's sad that I have to go to a class That's about it. race to talk about race. Yeah. And in, like, all the other classes that don't have, don't insinuate race in the title, mm-hmm. you don't talk about race. Yeah. And it's, like, I mean, that just perpetuates this idea that the white is standard, right? And that's obviously the underlying... A concept that yeah, is like institution to build yeah. exactly yeah. right but nah i mean sarah was sick sarah you know sarah was like sarah was shout out the tas at ucla shout out to tas tas i've had i've honestly, had really good tas really good tas except yeah. for my philosophy class <laughs> i took philosophy <laughs> i hated philosophy hey advice podcast don't take philosophy bro don't take philosophy <laughs> don't take philosophy a field not for brown people <laughs> philosophy <laughs> 
philosophy. Like, let's be real. <laughs> let's be real, bro. Oh no. You just talk about like old Greek Titled. people. <laughs> no, no, like, like there aren't. It's not made for brown people. This institution wasn't made for us either. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, you know, like philosophy oh, in so particular. Oh, so we just cut our losses. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's go. Let's just nobody okay. going to philosophy. Focus on other stuff. Let's go. Nah, you can go to no, philosophy. I'm a for philosophy real. major. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, oh my god. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. I'm drinking water. I'm walking out, bro. I'm drinking water. I'm water. Um, um, no, no, but real, 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 I guess real, real, going back to the actual podcast, the reason yeah. we're brought here for advice is um. Your TAs are kind of, like, your best friends. Yeah. In a lot of classes, like... I mean, some aren't. Like, some, some aren't, like, but don't, like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. not all of them, it's, but... It's TA-dependent. I think at least for the English major. English major TAs? English Shit. major TAs are goaded. Oh. Like... Damn. They're they're they're, they're goaded. Like, like... I haven't had a bad English TA. Yeah. TAs, at least in the English department, have been good. Especially yeah. to talk about race. Especially yeah. to have an open conversation without... Without you being posterized, yeah, as well, yeah. I think I've had some friends tell me that the biggest problem that they have is that they're often the only brown person in the room, yeah. And whenever a question comes up about race, they're the only person that gets yeah. looked at. No, I didn't even realize that you just brought it up, but I did not realize that I wasn't the token brown person in that class. Yeah. Every single time I talked about race, it was my choice. I mean, you bring up race, I'm gonna talk about it because <laughs> yeah. that's I don't know if you've noticed, but. <laughs> I'm pretty vocal about that stuff, but like looking back, Sarah never looked at me. Yeah. Cause that's the thing, right? It's all in the eyes. Yeah. It's always in the it's eyes, bro. The eyes. It's crazy, right? It's like, crazy. The fact that I haven't had a TA look at me, that I was the sole answer. Yeah. Is honestly. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's kind of a good feeling. It's good. Right. The fact that I don't have to speak. For my entire group. Yeah. That, because it's not your job. Because it's not my job. It's like, not our job. It's that's the thing. Job. That's the thing. Okay, advice podcast. If you ever get like anybody come up to you and like be like, oh, what are your opinions on this thing that's happening in like Guatemala or something like that? And I'm like, I'm not Guatemalan. People will come up to you and say the weirdest things. Maybe not just for UCLA. Not just for, for UCLA. For life, right? right? It's I like think... people will come up to you and ask you like that, right? And it's like, yeah. it, it's not your job. To educate anybody. Exactly. It's and you not don't like they're have not to feel bad. You don't have to feel bad about it because you're not some stepping stone in their righteous racial awakening. You know? That's how I see it, right? When they ask you, they're like, Oh yeah, I just wanna prove to myself that I'm racially woke or something like that. Yeah. No, nah, like, bro. We don't gotta like, be a part of that. We don't gotta be a part of that. Do your thing, bro. Bruin 101 is brought to you by The Daily Bruin, UCLA student newspaper. You can listen to this show and others by The Daily Bruin on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And a transcript for this show is available at dailybruin.com. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.